Welcome to the Winning Drive Podcast, where Parkland USA employees discover the tools, strategies, and resources to increase safety, productivity, and success. Here's your host, Ben Fanning. And welcome back to the show. Today's episode is going to start in a surprising place. You know, soccer is actually one of the most popular sports in the world, and it's a great sport for learning about leadership, communication, and building relationships. Enter the Director of Sales and Operations for the Southeast Rock, Jorge Perdilla, who knows a lot about both leadership and soccer, as he led the NCAA in both goals and points during his college playing days. And he also has a big success strategy that you can use to achieve more success at Parkland. And you'll learn how to stay focused on your goal, even if things don't go your way at first. Enjoy. Hey, Jorge, welcome to the Winning Drive podcast. Thanks, man. Excited to be here. Yeah, we're going to have a great one today. Let's dive right in. So let's start out with where'd you grow up and what was your first job? Yeah, so so I'm originally from Bogota, Colombia in South America, and I, I grew up, I had a very, very happy childhood. Um, I have three brothers, uh, lots of cousins, big family, the typical Latino family. And uh, when I was about 12 years old, my dad's company relocated us to the United States. Um, and, you know, as I, you guys have heard it on the podcast with other people that have uh, interviewed. But, um, you know, to, to us, it was a dream come true. You know, this is the country of opportunities. And, uh, and so we were just humbled to be able to start a new chapter of our life here. Um, so do you ever uh, go back to Colombia and visit or do you? Absolutely. Uh, okay, yeah, you do yeah, stuff family do. there? Yeah, I have my my aunts and uncles and and cousins and and my grandma lives there, and uh, you know I it's it's similar to what some others have said. You know, you're you're proud of of your of your origin and and you know the culture of how you were mm-hmm. raised, uh, but you're also proud to be here and be a contributor to this great society and this in this great country. You know, uh, the, the way I explained it to to some of my peers uh, when I was growing up in college is. You know, people come to this country for many reasons. Some some are escaping, you know, different uh, problems that they have in their life, some violence, whatever. Uh, some are coming for opportunities for education. Some just want to be here because you know, they want to be part of this. They want to be part of this great movement that we call the United States. Um, and so certainly for my family, it was a little bit of both. It was an opportunity for my dad professionally, um, but it was also an opportunity for him and for his family to to grow up here and and have uh, the opportunities that I have had the privilege of having and, and my brothers and, and everybody in my immediate family. And so I, I'm just so thankful and so humbled to be a part of this and to be, to call myself a, a Colombian American, to be an American citizen and, and represent this country. And what do you miss most about Colombia? You know, it's, it's, it's a different culture. You know, we're, we're obviously similar in many ways, but we're also a little bit different. Uh, you know, the food, uh, you know, that, I'm a huge soccer fan. So, that, you know, in, in Colombia, you just live and breathe soccer every day. And, uh, oh, yeah. and you know, you, you have some of that here in the U.S., but not to the same magnitude. So, no, no, no. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. Well, not, not to Colombia specifically, but throughout Latin America. And I can tell, I can I can vouch for that. Right. Soccer culture there is huge. It's it's huge. But, uh, you know, obviously, I'm, I'm a couple hours away from Colombia, and so I visit as much as I <laughs> you, can. You could get back down there. And so arepas, is that something that... Uh... That's, yeah, yeah. We, we had some breakfast food for us. And uh, yeah, actually, my wife loves it. It's her favorite. So Wow. Yeah. So everybody, if you get a chance to get some arepas, I highly recommend it. Right. Uh, 
probably only in the Miami area, right? Or in homes throughout, maybe throughout the U.S., people that used to live in that South American area. Uh, but man, wow. So delicious. So tell us about your first job. Yeah. So, so let me, let me, let me tell you a little bit more, more about my upbringing and then this will segue into my first job. So I okay. moved to, yeah. to the U.S. at age 12. Uh, we landed in Miami. Uh, I go to middle school here and a little bit of high school. And then uh, at 16, we get relocated again, this time to Atlanta. So those, you know, my formative years really were kind of a hybrid between Miami and Atlanta, but mm -hmm. Atlanta is really where I spend the majority of my formative years. And uh, so when I was finishing up high school, you know, the typical teenager, I, I turned 16, I, I get my driver's license and I tell my dad, Hey dad, I'm ready to have a car. And he's like, great, figure it out. Go make, go make some money. You know, you, you have two older Good brothers that, that, yeah, exactly. So you have two older brothers that figured it out. I'm sure you can do it too. Right. And so naturally I started networking and trying to figure out what the best way to do it is. And uh, so my older brother, Felipe, I uh, lived in Miami at the time. He was a young professional up and comer and, and he worked for a flower importing company here in Miami. I lived in Atlanta and he said, look, just come here for the summer. I'll get you a job. It won't be, you know, don't, don't get your hopes up. It won't be a super fancy job. You'll be doing, you know, day-to-day -day stuff wherever I need you. And I said, okay, no problem. So I landed in Miami at 16, you know, 16 years and in, in, in change. And mm -hmm. the next thing I know, my brother gives me his, his key jacket. And he said, you're going to be in a cooler and you're going to be loading uh, trucks. Uh, we send these trucks from the, you know, warehouse over to, you know, all across the Southeast United States. And so for that summer at, you know, age 16, I worked my, my butt off, um, you know, trying to make my first chunk of change so that I could put it towards my car. And so mm -hmm. for three months, I, you know, I woke up at five in the morning and I left at 7 PM at night and, uh, and, you know, I connected with the people, but, you know, I look back at that first job and obviously I'm, I'm thankful that my brother put me in that spot and, and, uh, allowed me to make some money, but at the same time, the connections that I made with those people and, and, you know, I, I, you get to listen to their frustrations and how they see life and, uh, you know, it was just a really humbling experience for me. It taught me a lot about, you know, humility, about you know, discipline, punctuality at age 16. And, and from there on, it became, you know, a natural thing. My dad said, okay, well, you figured it out over the summer, you know, now do it throughout the year. And so I, you know, I had jobs at like concession stands at my soccer club. And, you know, I worked at Zaxby's and at, and at Wendy's during my high school years. And then when I was in college, I worked all throughout, you know, doing little jobs here and there, but, you know, I paid for my own gas and my own insurance. And so it taught me responsibility at an early age. And, uh, you know, it's something that I've carried with me. I well, think what kind of car did you get? You know, I got an Audi A6. It was an old beat up Audi that my dad, my dad's a mechanical engineer. So we were going to fix it up and I was all excited and it uh -huh. lasted me a month. I got rear ended, uh, <laughs> on my way out of school Oh, and, uh, but it was, you know, it's like everything else, it's a, it was a bad time at the time, but the insurance came in and, and gave me a lot more money than what I had paid uh, for the car. And so I bought me a, you know, a Honda Accord that lasted me all through college. So a bad thing turned into a good thing. Yeah, I bet for that one month, it was pretty darn cool driving an Audi around at 16. It was. Yes, it was. <laughs> and and why the uh, Accord may not have had the same uh, cachet, I bet it was reliable. It was extremely reliable. And like I said, you know, it, it, it lasted me, you know, almost six years, uh, all through college. I mean, I, you put gas in those things and that's it. Right. And so yeah. it was a great car. Yeah. So looking back over that, you have some great reflections here, Jorge, on what that was experience like, which might be one of your leadership superpowers here. Uh, what's the, 
what's the one bit of advice if you ran into yourself today, uh, back at that age, what's the bit of advice that you'd give yourself? You know, I, I look back and, and, uh, I, I would like to be a little bit more patient perhaps. Um, you know, I, I had a, I had a situation growing up, so I've always been very driven and, you know, I always, I always have set out goals for myself and okay, I want, you know, you want to be here by this age, you want to do this. And, you know, I have financial goals that I'm there, but are very, very, um, you know, uh, how do I say this? Yeah. I, I really want to get to, you know, X level by this year kind of thing. Right. Um, and so, you know, as, as a young professional, I started my career and I want to be here by this age, all that stuff. And then one of my mentors eventually pulls me aside and says, Hey man, just, just relax, you know, slow down, enjoy the process, you know, mm. take a breather, you know, observe what's going on around you, enjoy the job that you're doing, enjoy the projects that you're working on, build those connections that, 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 uh, that you can, and you know, things will, will take care of themselves, but don't, don't put so much pressure on you. It reminds me of the expression about enjoy the ride versus yeah. just getting so impatient about getting your destination. Right. Yeah. You know, and you know, it, like I said, I was really young when that happened, but, but then I realized that not only was that true, but, but it was applicable to life itself, you know? And, you know, I remember, um, the day that I was getting married, um, that was my, that was what I kept telling myself, you know, don't be so rushed to go and say hi to people and, you know, go dancing, you know, uh, sit back and observe and, you know, enjoy the moment with your wife and some of these things, right? Because things, some of the, some of the things that we experience only happen once in, in our life. Right. And, and so sometimes you can be so rushed that you, you miss some of the fun. And so I, I reflect a lot on, on that moment. And, and I, I have since changed my approach to, to how I do things to be more, uh, focused on, on the things that are within my control. And, and, you know, even when, when times are tough, you always go back and say, Hey, I learned from that. Right. So it's all about being a little bit more patient, uh, and appreciate what you're going through and hopefully use it for the next thing. Right. We are looking for drivers, know a safe CDL licensed driver, refer them to Parkland USA. And if we hire them, you'll get an employee referral bonus. Bonuses range from $1,000 to $2,000, depending upon the rock and the need for drivers. Please spread the word and let your dispatcher or people and culture manager know of any potential leads. You are listening to the Wedding Drive Podcast. Now back to the show with your host, Ben Fanning. So let's learn a little, little bit about Jorge outside of work. What do you like to do outside of work? Yeah, so I mentioned earlier, I'm a huge, huge uh, soccer fan. Who's your favorite um, soccer team? My favorite team is the Colombian national team. I mean, that's oh. the one that's, uh, you know, if Colombia loses at, in the World Cup, my my day is ruined and my wife just kind of puts <laughs> her head down and she's like, oh boy, here we go. <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, and, and then my club team is Liverpool from England. That's the team that I support. And, you know, um, but I grew up playing it, Ben. I grew up playing it since I can remember my older brothers were just playing with me, playing soccer. And then, you know, I, I grew up playing the, the usual kid. I played high school, played the club and eventually landed in, uh, and played soccer at, at Piedmont University in, in Georgia. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, uh, and it was great. You know, I still play it. I, I, I try to play at least, at least two to three times a week if I can. It's, it's my way of kind of venting and, and blowing some steam. Um, but, what you know, position? it's interesting. I played striker. Oh, wow. Yes. Up yes, front. I played striker. The one creating yeah. the goals, huh? Yes. So you put a lot of pressure on yourself. You put a lot of expectations on yourself. And sometimes when you're doing good, you have a lot of expectations from, you know, outside sources, you know, it could be your teammates. It could be, 
you know, the fans, whatever. But, you know, I, yeah. um, you know, growing up in that environment, it's, it's taught me a lot, right? If, if you, again, reflect on, on what you're experiencing and where you can apply it somewhere else, right? So, you know how sometimes when, yep, yep. when people, when, when, when people ask you, hey, tell me a little bit about your, yourself, some people will say, hey, well, you know, I'm, I'm an ex-Marine or you know, I'm ex-military or something like that. The, the best way to figure out Jorge is Jorge is a, is a soccer player, right? Jorge is mm. highly competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, Jorge has goals for himself and for his team. Um, I, I am a team player through and through, right? I, I recognize early on that I couldn't accomplish things without, you know, a team behind me. Right. And, uh, and so that's been, you know, transformational for, for myself, you know, and, and so the way that I approach life and I approach my, my career is, is through that lens, right? I, I, I just playing soccer, um, you know, trying to win, but also enjoying the process. Uh, taking care of your teammates, you know, the discipline that, that you learn that, you know, the, the hunger for, for what you want to achieve. A lot of that, that I, that I go through personally and professionally comes from that, come from growing up in that environment. Yeah. So for those listening, who aren't familiar as familiar with soccer striker, that whore, the, the position that Jorge is talking about, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Jorge, but is up at the top. They're the ones that are really the go-to person to score the goals. Um, although they can score from other places, but Jorge plays up top. Uh, what is a key to success being striker? You know, it's, and for me, it's patience, you know, hmm. it's, it's, uh, you know, it's always observing what's around you where you could find opportunities. Um, you know, I learned early on that, you know, if you, if you miss a couple of chances, um, you can, you can get into a bad headspace. Uh, and then you're done for the, for the game. Right. So for me, my, my critical skills were, you know, first and foremost, observing how everybody was, was moving where I could find, you know, a pocket of space or, you know, who I could, who was the, the biggest weaknesses on the teams, but also, hmm. um, you know, you realize that like similar to other sports, sometimes the biggest competition is you, is yourself. Right. Ooh, and, yeah. And, and so how do you, you know, if you miss a chance or if you don't make that, you know, that pass or you don't cross the ball properly, et cetera how do you prepare mentally for the next time to make sure that you do execute up to your own expectations? So that, that was kind of one of my keys to success. And, you know, along with that comes other key critical things such as, you know, intensity, determination, drive, you know, holding your teammates accountable, being a good leader, et cetera. But a lot of it is a mental game with yourself, right? And how do you make sure that you stay focused? Yeah, that's great metaphors from sport into life and leadership. And we can learn a lot about ourselves through sport. So I, I think that's really going to resonate with the listeners as they think about that for themselves as well. And it's great to get a little bit of your leadership origin story there. And speaking of leadership origin story, you know, you've had a pretty long tenure with Parkland. And our listeners here at Parkland, some have been here for years and years and some are newer. And I think one of the things that they could benefit from is what's, what's been maybe the, one of the most important lessons that you've learned along the way when you've been at Parkland. Yeah, it's been, look, it's been an interesting uh, tenure here at Parkland. I've, I've had the privilege of working in, in three different offices. I, uh, I actually opened the Houston office uh, when I first started. Um, and so at the time we didn't have an office, we didn't have a space, we didn't have it equipment. We had nothing. Right. And so, uh, I would tell you that the biggest thing that I've focused on is building relationships with people, right? There's, uh, 
there's a lot of people in this company that that want to help you. There's a lot of people with different skill sets. With some have more bandwidth than others, um, but I truly believe that if you make connections with people um, and you figure out more than just what they can bring to the table professionally, and you make a connection with them, what you know, what drives them personally, what makes them happy, um, you know, you 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 you're in a better place and you can accomplish things a little bit quicker and a little bit better and, and build relationships, you know, along the way. Right. And so for me, you know, again, starting the Houston office, you know, staffing that office, helping, you know, getting help from Canada to get, you know, all the IT equipment, all that stuff. It was, it was building connections. Right. And, and so from there, how do you carry those connections? How do you expand on those connections? How do you check in on them from time to time, even though you don't need something from them? Hey, how are you doing? Are you doing okay? Hey, did you watch the last soccer game, et cetera. Right. And that's something that I've carried on. You know, I, I eventually went to the Charleston office and then now I'm here in Miami at Tropic and listen, Ben, I, I realized that I can't do this uh, one. I can't do this all on my own, but then two, you can't just always rely on, well, you know, this person reports to so-and-so, so I'll get that done. It's not how it works. And so for me, it's about making meaningful connections, building building those, you know, relationships with people and uh, getting them on board with the vision, with what we want to do, getting them, getting them to be at the table and be part of the solution, uh, et cetera. Yeah, some great insights there. And I love the way, I mean, some, some, it is important to prioritize work. And I think probably every Parkland employee gets that, but there's this other level of priority, which has been important to you as you're talking about building those relationships. And it's easy to think about building relationships, friends in your personal life, or even, you know, while you're at Parkland building those external relationships, but probably some of the most internal ones that that you can foster for your long-term success are indeed those within the Parkland organization. Because like you're saying, that that's how you get things done uh, mm-hmm. through other people. And as you rise up in leadership, you depend on those relationships even more. Absolutely. I'll tell you that um, pretty much every job that I've had since I started in my professional career has been because of relationships I've built. Because okay. I've, I've worked on projects with some people because I have you know, been in a, you know, cross-functional team with a leader that liked what I did and put me in the next spot. And, and, uh, sometimes I've, I've changed companies because of, I made a good impact and a good, you know, I built a good relationship with somebody else. And so, so, listen, so I, what I, advice I, for people, Jorge, do you have, so say they're at Parkland, they're just getting started inside the organization. They're like, yeah, listen to Jorge. It sounds great that he's established these great relationships, but where do I start? I mean, what what's the first step that you'd give to somebody inside of Parkland who wants to start fostering those positive relationships? I start by raising your hand, you know, saying, "Hey, what can I do? I do my job well. I, you know, I do the eight to five. But is there any other projects that I can be involved on? We listen. We have projects that are local, some that are regional, some that are national, right? Um, and so it's building connections with peers. It could be building a connection with a peer in another rock." Hey, what issues are you experiencing? Is there anything that I can help you with? Have you thought about this? You know, um, you know, going to your manager and saying, listen, I have 10% more bandwidth. Is there any project that you'd like for me to take on? Mm. You know, um, it's, it, yeah. but it's, it's raising your hand is having that, that mentality. Um, and, you know, volunteer for projects and see what you can do. A lot of it is just based on, you know, again, it's, it's based on your attitude. What can you do? What can you do better? Uh, how can you learn about what others are experiencing? Can you add any solutions, you know, et cetera? 
Well, you know, what some great strategies and recommendations, not just for new employees, but really for all employees and leaders inside the organization. What do employees or what do you want employees to ultimately understand about you? You know, I, I, I want them to know that I genuinely care about people. Um, you know, I, I, I tell my, my team and I tell friends all the time that the biggest priority in my life is, is family and, and then it's work. And, and it's not because I don't care about what I do or I don't care about the company or my coworkers. It's because, you know, without my family, I would be, I would be devastated. I'd be nothing, right? A lot of who I am today is because of my family, because of the influence my parents have had on me, my brothers, my wife, my kids. And so when people think about Jorge, the leader, the general manager, I want them to know that I care not just about them, but about their families, right? I, mm-hmm. I come from a culture where families is, is, is at the core of everything that we do. Um, and I, certainly that has carried out in Miami is obviously highly influenced by the Latino culture, right? And so um, the, the approach that I have is, look, take care of, take care of home, take care of what's going on at home. Some, sometimes you have, you know, you have a newborn, sometimes you may have tragedy, you may have issues, right? And so I want them to know that I care about them, that I care about their families, that I want them to have that space. I truly believe that if you let people, you know, be people and have their family time, you get a little bit more loyalty and you get more quality of work and Mm. And, uh, and, and you create a, a better culture all around. Right. And so I want them to think of me as, as Jorge, the, the guy that cares about them and their family. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Know your priorities and, uh, taking care of home first. That's a great one to start with there. Mm-hmm. And what, so when's the time that you had a twist or failure in your career and how did it lead to your success on down the road? You know, I'm I'm kind of gonna go back to to my college days on this one, and and the reason why is because I had such a transforma- transformational moment uh, playing soccer one day that it just uh, it's it's worth mentioning. So as I mentioned, I, I played college soccer for four years, and 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 when I got to college, you know, I was a, I was a talented player, but um, you know, I started you know immediately in the first game I was playing. Um, I was a complete head case then. I just, I, I didn't have the mental strength at the time. And, uh, at halftime, uh, you know, we were losing, I had missed a couple of chances that I should have scored and, and our team captain in front of the whole team coaches, everything called me out in a not very polite way, said some you know nice words. Um, but he said, listen, man, it's, <laughs> nice it's, in parentheses. Yes, exactly. And he said, listen, huh. you know, get, get over it. You know, this is, that happens in a game that happens in sports. That's why we're a team. We have your back. Just, just be there to, to, to score the next one. And just, you know, we can't lose you for a game because you're mad at yourself because you missed a chance in the first 15 minutes, you know? And, and I sat there and I, I had no words. I had nothing to say. Um, but I have used that all across, you know, all our, yeah, from there on in life and, and mm-hmm. professionally. And, and listen, I, I have done a lot of, uh, I have failed a lot, uh, since that day professionally, personally, I have let people down. I have made mistakes. I have forgotten things. And the one thing that I, I tell myself, because this is, again, this is Jorge versus Jorge. I say, Jorge, it's okay. Just be there to score the next goal, you know? And, and it's well, so simple, yeah. but that was a transformational moment for me. And so when I mess up, when, when I have, you know, failures, uh, uh, you know, in life, in my career, I say, Hey, just be there, just be there ready to, to, to make the next one and, and make it count. Oh yeah. Fantastic. 
Yeah, play the next play. If you're so focused on the darn mistake versus what you learn from it, you might tighten up and play even worse. Yeah, uh, and just to just to focus on the next one and be present in that, that sounds like a great metaphor for leadership, for soccer, and for pretty much anything that you're looking to accomplish in life. Mm-hmm. So, Jorge, thanks for coming on the show today. Yeah, thank you. Your health matters. Sitting all day isn't great for our health, and incorporating physical activity into your day helps counteract that. Our motion program is open to all employees and literally pays you to walk. You earn free money by walking a certain number of steps per day. This money is applied to your HSA bank account and can be used directly to pay for any doctor's visits, prescriptions, or anything else you'd use your health insurance for. The maximum amount of money you can earn over the year is $1,100. Many of our employees have lost significant weight, gotten healthier, and even slept better since they joined Motion. Reach out to your dispatcher and people and culture manager for information on how to get started. It's that easy. Thanks for listening to the Winning Drive Podcast. Be on the lookout for a new episode soon.